Tom Woods Show, episode 1815. Prepare to set fire to the index card of allowable opinion. Your daily dose of liberty education starts here. The Tom Woods Show. Folks, the astonishingly delicious Press House Coffee is the official coffee of The Tom Woods Show. Take 20% off your first order when you go to PressHouseCoffee.com and use promo code WOODS at checkout. Hi, everybody. Tom Woods here. Just wanted to do a quick episode on what's going on right now in California. And I was prompted to do this episode by a very interesting blog post by Mary Thoreau over at the Independent Institute. And of course, I'll link to it at tomwoods.com slash 1815, just running down some of the problems with California and why a lot of people are leaving. And it's not just the lockdowns. In fact, I don't think I even really need to talk about that because I think we all know just how heavily locked down California has been. But I will, as long as we're on the subject, at least say that I listened to Thad Russell's podcast, uh, the unregistered podcast, the episode that he did with Ivor Cummins, whom I had on this podcast. And they're talking about, obviously, the virus. And the subject of California came up because that's where Thad lives. And he was talking about a chart that I think is probably one of Ian Miller's charts. He's the great guy putting out amazing charts on Twitter. So if you want to follow him, which I strongly recommend, Ian Miller is I-A-N-M, so Ian, and then first initial of his last name, I-A-N-M-S-C. So follow I-A-N-M-S-C on Twitter. Anyway, he has this graph contrasting California and Florida. And Florida is doing much better right now in terms of hospitalizations per million. California is just skyrocketing in that area. And California has been completely shut down. Disneyland is the only Disney property in the world that's still closed. And it even got to the point that the Disney company has protested this in no uncertain terms to the government of California. And usually, of course, companies like this are complete lapdogs who just repeat the language of the regime. But boy, it goes to show eventually everybody has a pocketbook and eventually everybody feels the pain of it. So they've actually protested against it, but it's all been closed. And meanwhile, as I've said repeatedly in Florida, we have reasons that you would think we would be doing badly, just natural reasons. One of them being that, of course, Florida is a natural relocation place for retirees. So it turns out we actually have the second oldest population in the whole country, whereas California is all the way down at number 44th oldest. So Florida should be doing vastly worse, vast, not, not 10% worse, not 12%. It should be doing a thousand times worse because of that and combined with the fact that it's totally open. It should be doing a thousand times worse. And when I say totally open, now I've had a few people write to me and say, Woods, I went to Florida and I had to wear a mask. Okay, when I say open, I, I mean that literally open. Yes, you in a lot of places, they do require masks. And that, believe me, I understand that that's annoying. But I'm using the word open literally. That does not mean that the establishment is closed. It is open, which is more than you can say for most of the country. In Florida, remember, you can go see live music. I've done that. You can go to a play. I've done that more than once. I'm about to go see former Tom Woodshow guest Rob Schneider do stand-up comedy next week in Melbourne. Florida. There are lots of things you can do here. You can go to sporting events. You can, you can do all kinds of things. You can have a wedding with, you know, 
a reasonable number of people there. You know, anybody you want can go to your wedding. Anybody you want can go to your funeral. It's hard to believe that we even have to talk about stuff like this or that this would ever have been an issue. All these things go on in Florida. When I say it's open, I mean there are no state-imposed restrictions. Yeah, there are some private establishments that for whatever reason have limited capacity. Not that many, but there are some. But that's their decision. That doesn't mean the state isn't open. People are always allowed to make whatever decisions they want. When I say open, I mean people can make their own decisions by and large. I mean, that's overwhelmingly the case. So given that, given how open Florida is, it should be getting killed by a place like California that is quote unquote following the science and locking down and this and that. Not to mention, we have tourists from all over the country coming in and out at all times. So again, you would think we should be doing considerably worse. And yet you look at blue state after blue state after blue state that's so-called followed the science and they've just spiked. And they've been doing worse than Florida in recent months when Florida has been completely open. Now, California, you may say, also has tourists, but come on now, how many tourists is California getting these days? Why would you go there? You can't do anything. Whereas Florida is the place where even the Karen in Illinois screaming at you to wear your mask and to stay six feet away and to close your business, even she vacations in Florida, you know, and has a guilty conscience about it, but she does it. So everybody's going to Florida. So Florida should be catastrophically worse. So anyway, getting back to Thad, Thad was saying on that podcast episode that just that one chart, that should just end the discussion. There's no way Florida should be anywhere near California. And yet somehow it's doing considerably better. So anyway, I think we all know this side of things. Now, incidentally, a friend of the show sent me a link to an article that I hope I have the brain power to remember to post on the show notes page about the underground party scene in L.A., And it's got the usual propaganda in it. But it's very interesting to see what has gone on in secret. But the thing is, stuff's going on in secret everywhere. And it's a drop in the bucket compared to the the scene in L.A. a year ago. A drop in the bucket. It it, it does not, it can't possibly account for what the problems that they're seeing. But it makes interesting reading, that's for sure. So what I also want to do, as I say, is link to Mary Thoreau's post, which I think you'll find interesting. Because there is, of course, a net outflow of people from California, and there has been for a number of years. Why is that? A lot of it has to do with the livability of California, and just in terms of money. We could also talk about crime in some places, but money. It turns out that of the 10 least affordable cities in the United States, and the way they're measuring least affordable is by the price-to-income ratio, Of the 10 least affordable cities in the United States, eight of them are in California. And a big part of the problem has to do with their housing market. We've all heard crazy stories of million-dollar homes in San Francisco that look like an outhouse. Only 30% of households in California can actually afford a median-priced home in the county where they live. That's according to the California Association of Realtors. The national average, by comparison, is 54%. So a partner economist at MLS Listings, Elliot Eisenberg, says, quote, this is truly a housing market that's a complete wreck. Now, some of the factors behind this involve supply. And I'll say a little bit about that, but I also did an episode on that 
fact, let me jot this down. I, I do want to link to this episode I did with Ryan McMakin about why housing prices are so high in some places, because that will go into it in a lot more detail. But we have to remember, of course, that we're dealing with prices, we're dealing with supply and demand. Now, when I wrote my book, Meltdown, in 2009, about the housing boom and bust, I focused primarily on the demand side there, because that was what was driving that, really. I mean, there, there were obviously some factors tending to constrict housing supply. And Thomas Sowell actually talked about some of those in his book, The Housing Boom and Bust, that came out uh, after mine did. So now, some of you who are new listeners to the show, I'll just point out that in 2009, I wrote a book called Meltdown, and it was for 10 weeks, a New York Times bestseller about what happened in 2008 and why this is not the free market's fault. And I wrote it because I knew that was going to be the story. This is the free market's fault. When we leave you people alone, look what you go and do. You blow up a housing bubble, and now we have to come and fix the, the problem you caused. <laughs> that is not what happened. <laughs> the, the U.S. government was merely an innocent bystander in all this. Yeah, okay, sure. And the Federal Reserve had nothing to do with it whatsoever. The Federal Reserve wasn't even going to be mentioned in this context if Ron Paul hadn't come along and insisted on it in the, uh, in the campaign, insisted on talking about the Federal Reserve System. And he was talking about the Fed actually before the worst of it hit, really. It was, it was just starting to hit, but it was by the time he was already out of the race that Fannie and Freddie really, really got in trouble, September of 2008. So anyway, I talked about the various forms of stimulus to the housing market, some of which caused by the Federal Reserve, some of it government policy from housing and urban development, and some different pieces of legislation that were passed. But in this case, in other words, if we're going to try to figure out why California specifically has this problem, I don't think there's a huge amount of stimulus to demand that's exclusive to California. So here I think we need to look at what are the supply problems? Why is there a constricted supply of housing? And pretty much everybody acknowledges this. Even progressives, I think, understand that a lot of what's going on is so-called nimbyism, you know, not in my backyard. I want my neighborhood to be exactly the same, and I don't want that street over there to look different or have big buildings on it. And so there are restrictions on building new properties, and they are extremely suffocating restrictions. Mary Thoreau puts it this way. She says, today it's virtually impossible to build new construction in California since thanks to regulations like the California Environmental Quality Act, literally anyone can challenge any development anonymously with no legitimate cause. And then she says, as if housing weren't prohibitively expensive enough, the legislature's solar mandate passed last year adds another $20,000 or so to each unit's cost. Low-income households, of course, are particularly hit hard by this. And we read, this is from the, the legislative analyst's office, California households with incomes in the bottom quartile, so the bottom 25%, report spending 67% of their income on housing, about 11% more than low-income households elsewhere. This gap persists across most income groups, but becomes smaller as income increases. And also, people in California are more likely to live in crowded conditions in their housing than people living in other states. A poll in July of 2019 found 45% of Californians believe they cannot afford to live there. And nearly 80% of them think the state has a housing crisis. Hey, everybody, it's time once again to thank the official coffee of the Tom Woods Show, Press House Coffee, the coffee that made me into a coffee drinker. 
And with Press House, you can get the familiar diner-style coffee that you love, and it'll be the best you ever tasted. But oh my gosh, the flavors. And it's not like the usual so-called flavored coffee where it's coffee with some awful chemical sprayed on it. No, these are actual coffees blended in such a way that they approximate these amazing flavors. And you know my favorites are blueberry muffin and especially key lime pie. Unbelievable. Their head roaster personally sources each bean and creates a unique roasting profile to highlight its unique flavors. And for the adventurous and undecided alike, Press House offers a really neat build-your-own-bundle feature, and that lets you try any four coffees for just $20. Better yet, you can even subscribe to any coffee so a new bag is waiting at your doorstep right when you're about to run out every single month. We'll get 20% off your first order and a chance to win a year of free coffee by using promo code WOODS at PressHouseCoffee.com. That's 20% off your first order and a chance to win a year of free coffee when you use promo code WOODS at checkout at PressHouseCoffee.com. And then it's not just housing that makes things difficult and that results in there being a lot of rich people and a lot of poor people, this kind of gap, but also taxes. So the top income tax rate is 12.3%. Obviously, the poor are not paying the top income tax rate. Really, what's getting them are the ordinary workaday sort of taxes that they have to pay, like uh, sales taxes, for example. They have the most expensive gas in the country for their cars, not to mention sin taxes, so soda, alcohol, tobacco, vaping. And then they have high minimum wage. Well, in this environment, this means that a lot of people don't get that first shot you know, and remember, most people, vast majority of people are not earning minimum wage after a year. And the vast, vast majority of earners are not earning minimum wage. It's like 1% to 2% at most. And most of them are not heads of households. So there's, this, there's a myth about the minimum wage that, that is not so. And then, of course, as with many other states, uh, heavy licensing requirements also tend to make entrepreneurial activity difficult. Mary Throw also mentions the homeless problem, which is pretty severe. It's something like more than a quarter of all homeless people in the United States are living in California. Even simple services that the government is supposed to provide, you know, the whole roads thing, where would we be without the government? We wouldn't have roads and who would build the roads and so on. In Oakland, the potholes got to be so bad that a pair of pothole vigilantes started to fix them during the night. And the Oakland mayor responded to this by saying on Twitter, thanks, PVs, pothole vigilantes. This job will be for in-house union pros. Well, of course. (laughs) Where we have people solving a problem, but no, 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 hold on. I want to make sure this languishes forever. Even before the COVID shutdowns, USA Today ranked California as having the highest murder rate in the country. And despite an average per student cost of $12,000, California ranks among the bottom in the nation when it comes to student achievement in reading, math, and science. So Mary Thoreau reports 30% of eighth graders, just 30% are testing proficient in reading, 29% in math, and 24% in science. Then we could, of course, talk about the neglect of public lands. Obviously, there's much to be said about fire management, needless to say. But then also we have the problem of the blackouts. And Thoreau says that there are two state government-originated causes of this. And here's what she writes. California's mandates for green energy production have resulted in utilities shifting resources to building solar and wind at the expense of maintaining its equipment, undergrounding lines, and other fire prevention measures. 
As a result, when there is a perceived threat of wildfires, e.g. it's windy, large swaths of people have their power shut off as a preventative measure. Then number two, solar doesn't work at night, nor does solar and wind produce enough energy to meet high demand, e.g. when it's hot. The result of both are massive blackouts, leaving thousands of people at risk from heat with no air conditioning, poor air quality with no power to run air purifiers, loss of life-saving devices, fire from candles, and other hazards of being without power for days on end. No one has explained how this already overtaxed grid is going to handle the increased demand from Governor Newsom's ban of gas-fired cars effective in 2035. And then she says, to add insult to injury... Californians have to deal with the highest utility costs in the country, 40% above the national average. And when you look at the neighboring states of Oregon and Washington, Californians pay double what they pay. So I remember not that long ago when people said, oh, California's doing great even though it has a huge government. I just don't see how you can maintain that anymore. I mean, yeah, there are a lot of people who think Newsom's doing the right thing. Uh, A lot of San Franciscans, for example, but a lot of these are people who are quite happy to work from home and they don't have to deal with the consequences that everybody else deals with. Anyway, there are a bunch of possible theories as to why these people think and act the way they do, but I just wanted to record a little something about this tragic situation because there are so many good people in California. I have so many friends there. And for so many of them, their view is it's such a wonderful place that Almost no matter what they do to me, I'm still staying. And I I can understand that. But man, they are really, really making it hard. They're really making it hard on you guys. And I'm really, really sorry that it's happening. Now, before we wrap up for today, I have an item that might be of interest to my Christian listeners. And that is an interesting website started by a listener called outoftheworldwind.com. And what he wants to do is take two years to read through the Bible together in chronological order and learning about the historical context along the way. So they're going to start January 2021 right now, but you can follow along at your own pace. And the the site owner says he's going to share insights he's gathered through his Master of Arts in Biblical Studies, Master of Theology, and PhD in Religion. He's going to answer questions and facilitate discussion of the material. He's also intermittently going to be blogging about films from a theological perspective. And his website also has a link to purchase a pro-life book that his father and he co-wrote, and it's called The Ostrich, the Eagle, and the Unborn Child. He was a volunteer for the Ron Paul 2012 campaign. And once again, the website is outoftheworldwind.com. So I'll link to that at tomwoods.com slash 1815. Check that out if that interests you. And remember that you too, this could be your weekend project, You too can get publicity from me like this and some other great bonuses for the website that you're thinking of creating as long as before you start it, you check out the details of all the goodies I can give you and how you get them at tomwoods.com slash publicity. See you next week. Become a smarter libertarian in just 30 minutes a day. Visit tomwoods.com to subscribe to the show for free and we'll see you next time. Like the sound of The Tom Woods Show? My audio production is provided by Podsworth Media. Check them out at podsworth.com.